And now on Hotline to Heaven Radio, Pastor Ladipo's Sunday Sermon. So we're about to start a series today that is titled How to Navigate, Navigating the Labyrinth of Acquaintanceship, Friendship, Dating, Courtship, to Marriage. But God's way, God's way, there is a way that is man's way. There is a way that is God. And we are going to be looking at this uh, love month. But let me say that generally, you know, anything that has to do with marriage has always been the butt of jokes for generations. I think it was Robert Mugabe who said, when any man dies, God will ask the angels, was he married? And if the angels said, yes, he was married, they said, take him straight to heaven because he has been through hell already. <laughs> Another person said, marriage is the only war where you sleep with the enemy. Now, of course, young couples who have just married, who are trying to raise children, it does not matter how much they hate each other, their children won't drop from the sky. They have to sleep with each other to have children. But that is not what, what God intends for marriage. God doesn't want us to be enemies. He doesn't want married people to be enemies. You know, you know, and then be sleeping themselves to, with themselves to have children. That's not God's plan. Eden means delight. Where the first marriage was contracted it means delight. God wants our marriage to be delightful. He wants our marriage to be joyful. So during this series, let me just tell you how the series will run. We are four Sundays. Today, we are going to look at relationship in general. And I'm good, I'll, give you, I'll tell you why. And then next Sunday, I will zoom in on acquaintanceship, friendship, dating, courtship. We'll wrap all of them together. And then the upper Sunday, which will be the 25th, uh, my friend, Dr. Sam O'Malley from UK, he will be handling the one on marriage. In fact, he has just written a book on marriage, the template of marriage. So he's the one who will be speaking to us on marriage, and we're going to be mightily blessed. Dr. Sam O'Malley was, um, was uh, part of the youth ministry when we were in Nigeria, Pastor Noni and I, and Dr. Sam O'Malley were in that ministry, and uh, that was how we knew him, very vibrant for the Lord. Went on and became a pastor. I became a pastor. Pastor became a pastor. But he was in that ministry and he has a church in, in London, Rivers of Joy in London. And that's where he pastors. And so he will be the one ministering on the 25th, talking to us specifically about marriage. And then on the, the last day, I will round up the entire series. So the first goal of this series is to make sure that your own marriage and relationship is not captured by those jokes. Okay? It doesn't become a statistic. And then the second goal, of course, is to ensure that you navigate your ways in relationship God's way. You see, there is God's way and there is man's way. In life, there's always God's way and man's way. And the Bible describes man's way in various ways. But on our own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, when we lean on our own understanding. Do not lean on your own understanding. 
Judges 17, 6, he said, people do what was right. And in the days of the judges, there were no kings and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That is leaning on your own understanding. There's another way the Bible describes it. When you lean on your own understanding, when you do what is right in your own eyes. Okay? Galatians 5, 16, that when you walk after the flesh and not after the spirit, you are leaning on your own understanding. That's another way that the Bible describes it. When you walk after the flesh and not after the spirit, you are leaning on your own understanding. After the flesh means you are doing things that you want to do, the things that gratify you, not the things that God says you should do or the way God says you should do things. You want to do it the way you love to do it, the way you, you, are, the, the way you desire to, the way your flesh wants to do it outside of God's way. I say that is man's way. And the Bible says we shouldn't do that. He says, there is a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is death. Proverbs 14, 12. That is leaning on our own understanding. So the goal of this, the second goal is we don't want to lean on our own understanding. We want to do things God's way. Our relationship, we want it to be, we want to go God's way in our relationship. Do things God's way. Make our relationship to be godly. What does God expect of us in our relationships? So on the one hand, on the one hand, we have built this series to be in the love month. And we are going to talk about romance and all that. But the series is not exactly about romance. The series, the core of the series is our relationship with God and with one another. What it should be. The way God has ordained it. It's going to be, we're going to be talking about the precepts and the principles of God when it comes to relationship. The core of the message is not romance, even though we are going to be talking about dating, about courtship, about marriage, and all that. But the core of it really is to bring our lives in line with God's ways when it comes to relationship, whether it's marriage, romantic or not. That is really the core of this series. Now, the Today, we are going to start with the series, and the title for today's message is The Potential and Power of Relationship. That's the title for today's message. You already know the title for the series, but the, the, today's message is going to focus on the potential and the power of relationships. The potential and power of relationship. When God created everything, the Bible said that he said he was good. And God looked and saw, and saw that it was good. The first malediction that God pronounced that something was no good was when he created man and man was alone. And I said, it is not good. That was the very first time that he said something was not good. In all his other creations, he always said it is good. And God found it that it was good. And God saw it that it was good. And God saw that it was good. But when it came to man, after looking at man and the way man was, and just, it's not good for man to be alone. Man needs relationship. It's not good for him to be alone. In other words, God has wired man for relationship. And you know how you will know. Even psychologists know. Even the world knows. They know that. They may not tie it to God. They may say they are from monkeys and baboons and, uh, and uh, evolution and all that. But they also recognize that relationship, that somehow there is something in man that has to do with relationship, that man craves for relationship. That is why when they sentence some people, they send them to an island. Remember Alcatraz? 
They send you, even John was sent to the allies of Patmos. They cut you off from people. Why? Because they don't want you to have relations. They know that it is the greatest level of punishment for you. When they put prisoners in isolation, they begin to lose their minds, depending on how long. Why? Because man has been wired for relationship. When you cut people off from relationship, it damages something in the soul and it begins to affect people. People will begin to hallucinate over time. Man has been wired for relationship. So, because of that, we are looking at relationship generally today, and I want you to focus on the power, the potential, and the power of it. And this potential and power of it, you'll be able to find it in all the other levels of relationship. You see, acquaintanceship, friendship, dating, courtship, marriage, they are all levels of relationship. It's just a question of intensity and degree. But they are all levels of relationship. Acquaintanceship is level zero you really don't know the person much. But they are all levels. But in every level, God wants you to have that relationship, to be in that relationship, and maintain that relationship in a godly way, God's way. Now, but what are the potential and power? You know, some people may say, you know what, I'm a very shy person. I'm, I'm an introvert. I don't like to relate with people. You are missing out on what God has for you. Oh, I, I'm shy. I don't like to mix with people. I like to be on my own. You have no idea what you are talking about because you are going to miss out big time on the blessings of God and on the ordination of God for your life. You are wired for relationship. You are wired to relate with people. Wired for relationship. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 and 10. 4, 9, and 10. It is better, therefore, that two should be together than one, for they have the advantage of their society. If one falls, he shall be supported by the other. Woe to him that is alone, for when he falls, he has not known to lift him up. You are wired for relationship. When you are related, when you have people in your life, you have an advantage. So the first thing, the relationship does. I mean, there are so many things, but I'm not listing them in the order of importance. In fact, the most important is what I'm going to discuss last. I have five, but the most important is the last one. But the first one I want to tell you is this. Relationship is so important that if you want to have money, forget money, hold on to relationship. Relationship is money. Relationship is money. If you, 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 if you want to have a car, you really don't need a car. You, don't, you really don't need money. You need a car. Okay? The reason why you are looking for money is because you want to buy a car. But you guys know now that in this church, people have given out cars. I've given testimony of my wife and I too. We gave out cars. So people, and I'm sure you too, you have given out cars. So you don't, people don't need money to buy a car. They just need relationship. They just need somebody that they relate with. Hey, is a member of our church? You're a member of ICC? Oh, yeah? Okay. That's all. It opens doors for you. Relationship. You don't need a house. You just need some. You need a relationship. You need someone that you have a relationship with. The person can give you a house. So really what you need is people. There is a proverb from Southwest Nigeria that human beings, they are the clothes that you wear. They cover your nakedness. When you have people, you have money. 
All the things that money can give you, people will give you. The Bible says, give, it shall be given unto you, good man, your presence, shaking together, shall men. Relationship. Give unto your bosom. Men, not angels, not animals, not plants. Men. Relationship. You don't need money. So instead of pursuing money and putting all your energy on money, pursue relationship. Put your energy in relationship. Pursue relationship in a godly way. It will yield you money. It will yield you results. Amen. You don't need money. You need relationship. Not only that. There was several years ago here in LA. There was a, the case of a, a physician who operated on a guy that they had given up on and said, you know, this guy's going to die and all that. And nobody knew what was to be done. But this physician was able to operate on him. I was able to save this man's life. But he was a very wealthy man. And the man in response asked the physician, you know what? I, 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 you saved my life. You gave me a new lease of life. I don't know what I can do for you. I know maybe it's against your profession to get anything from me and all that, but you know what? I have a house in Bel Air. For whatever amount you give, I will sell it to you. The guy said, I have 40,000. Take it. Huge house in Bel Air. So you don't need money. What you need is relationship. Your children, you don't need money to send your children to college. What they need is scholarship. Have you? And that scholarship, you can get it through relationship also. Relationship. When I was in college, there was a German professor that came to teach our class. And he was teaching a course titled Private International Law. In the law school, in our own law school in Nigeria. And he told us, this, and he said, my country offers scholarship. To two, it will offer scholarship to choose the best two students in each university. In your own university, two students have been earmarked, and I lobbied that at least one of them should come from the faculty of law. So any of you in my class, if you are the first in this course, you will get scholarship for a PhD program in Germany. All of us started, oh. <laughs> come and see studying. <laughs> I still remember till today, the guy that was next to me, I beat him by just two points. That was how I got scholarship to go and do PhD in Germany. Relationship. Rela I didn't pay a dime. My parents didn't pay a dime. The German government was giving me money. I got there, I first of all bought a car. I was living better than Germans. Relationship. Lecturer, student, relationship. So relationship is key. Guard your relationship. Be jealous of your relationship. Protect your relationship. So relationship is money. Number two, relationship gives you an advantage. If you are a high jumper and you could jump only six feet, by the time a poll voter comes, so the one who uses poll, he can jump 16 because of the poll vote. Was a poll vote. I can jump 16 feet. It gives him at the pole, gives him an advantage, and he's able to go higher than the high jumper. That is what relationship does. Relationship gives you advantage. Relationship makes you to go higher in life than you would have gone. I don't know how many of you read uh, the, the, the article that came out some time ago when 
President Obama was going to become president during the election, the Atlanta Journal published an article. In that article, they said, uh, Michelle Obama, when she was in Princeton, that the first uh, roommate that they assigned her in her first year in Princeton was a southern, white southern lady from the south. Now, because of all the slavery and all the things they've told the people about black people in the south, those things were in the lady's head. Her name was Catherine Donnelly. All those things were in her head. So when she was assigned Michelle Obama as her roommate, she told her mom, they said the mom zoomed down to the office, to the registrar's office in Princeton, and demanded that her daughter should be removed as a roommate to this black woman. And she was removed. Then later, Obama, of course, won the presidency. Michelle became first lady. And that lady came out and confessed that, you know what? I would, if I had remained as this woman's uh, roommate, my life would have been turned around. That this is a great lesson in life. And it was published in the Atlanta Journal. And the Atlanta Journal said, we thank you for coming out to share this because this will let people know that this racism thing is real and that it can, over time, it can damage your life. It can ruin things for you in future. But if you recognize that all people are the same, this is what it, it, it will pay. It will pay off for you. And that woman missed out. I don't think Michelle invited her to the White House. <laughs> relationship. Relationship. Guard your relationship. Relationship gives you an advantage. <clears throat> relationship gives you advantage. Relationship, number three, relationship helps us to weather the storm of adversity. Relationship helps us to weather the storm of adversity. When things are tough in life, your relationship may be what God will use to bring you out of it. And if you have not been guarding your relationship and taking care of your relationship, you will suffer in that adversity. One day, David woke up, King David woke up and said, is there anybody still living in the house of Jonathan? Jonathan was his covenant friend. And Jonathan had died with his father. And David had become king. And he said, is there anybody still living in the house of Jonathan, my covenant friend? And they said, yes. Jonathan had a son called Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth is, was, has become lame because the nurse dropped him while they were running away from their enemies. And he became lame as a baby. And now he's, uh, he's an adult. He's living alone somewhere. Very poor. Poor condition. Poor health. No food. In a, in a very bad state. And they told David about it. David said, go and bring him quickly. And they went and brought Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth began to eat in the king's palace. Eating on the same table with, with David. And enjoy all the great things in the palace. Why? Because of the relationship of his father with King David. Relationship helps us to weather the storm of adversity. There was a woman in scripture. A prophet used to pass by their house and then the Bible said that she would make a room and said, the prophet, you know what? Come inside and stay. You're weekend here on your way. And the, the man of God will stay there with them, with the family, with her and her husband and she would take care of the man of God. And then one day, her son died. What did she do? She quickly carried the boy to go see the man of God. The, the man of God came. The boy came alive. 
the relationship that she cultivated with the man of God paid off for her. Relationship helps us weather the storm of adversity. Not only that, down the road, many years later, there was a famine. And this woman had to leave the place, had to leave Israel because of famine. Seven years later, he, she came back. By the time she came back, all of her properties had been taken and she didn't have anything. However, they said the king could not sleep one day. And they were reading to him and reading, reading some, 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 some stories uh, about the, what has been going on in the kingdom to him. And he asked the person reading, he said, ah, the, this, uh, this, this, this story, about uh, a son that was raised from the dead, you know. And somebody was explaining to yeah, there was a prophet that raised, uh, that raised one boy from the dead. They said as the explanation was being given, as the story was being told to the king, the woman came in. She came in to plead with the king to please give, let them give her back all her houses and the things that have been taken. And he said, as just as they were talking about her story, she came in. And the person who was talking to the king said, ah, look at the woman that we are talking about. This is the woman that they raised, whose son was raised from the dead, the one you are reading about. And the Bible said that the king said, you know what, woman, for the seven years that you have left, all of your rent will be given back to you. All of the money made from your farmland will be given back to you. Everything that you have lost while you were away for seven years, they will all be returned to you. Why? Because of her relationship with that prophet. Relationship. Relationship helps you weather the storm of adversity. Don't joke with your relationship. Number three, relationship grows our character. Is that number four? Oh, number four, okay. Number four, relationship grows our character. Relationship does not make you who you are today. Relationship reveals who you are. Relationship is not what is making you to be what you are now. It, is, it only reveals what is already in you. Relationship is the hot water. You are the tea bag. So when they put you inside the hot water, your true color will show. That's what relationship does. That's what relationship does. And the goal of that is to enable you to know who you truly are so that you can begin to make amends in your character, in our character. Relationship is what will make us to know whether we are selfish. Relationship is what will make us to know whether we are easily offended or whether we are lowly-minded or whether we are meek. Relationship will let you know whether we are prideful so that we can deal with it in our lives. It's a relationship that reveals these things. So let's stop blaming other people for causing something to happen to us. No. Whatever, the way you respond, it only shows who you are. Is that relationship, is the way the person spoke. Yes, the way this person spoke may have been wrong, may not have been good. However, the way that person spoke provoked something in you that brought out your own true color. And that is why whenever you go into prayer and you are trying to report someone to God, Holy Spirit will start with you first. It's always about us first. Relationship reveals who we are. And the re- how it grows our character is when, we are, when your character is revealed to you, when it is revealed to us, God wants us now to go into prayer and deal with it in the place of prayer. The flesh dies in the place of prayer. The Lord wants us to come to him and say, Lord, this thing that I did, I hate it. 
How could I have responded that way? Why would I, why did I even think of saying such a thing? Why did I you I mean you begin to complain to the Lord and say, Lord, you need to, Holy Spirit, you need to help me. You need to help me. Yeah, the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why was why didn't you help? Why didn't you restrain me? The Bible says that you can restrain me. Okay, maybe I didn't listen to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not listening. I will listen next time, but please help. You plead with the Holy Spirit. And when, the, and when God sees that you are serious with this thing, he will help you. But our problem is that we are like that man that is smoking cigar. And he's reading newspaper where they are writing there, so and so has just died of the cancer of the throats. And every time he reads the newspaper, he's always reading that the smoke, the smoking is no, uh, uh, tobacco is bad for your health. And he was complaining to his friend that there is a newspaper that is always condemning tobacco, that is always condemning smoking, as always. And the friend said, okay, so are you going to stop smoking now, now that you know? He said, no, I've stopped reading the newspaper. <laughs> so don't be like that person. The purpose is for you to change. The purpose is for us to change. It's not to stop reading the newspaper. It's to stop smoking the cigar so that you don't die of uh, cancer of the throat. So it helps, relationship grows our character. It helps us to know who we are and to deal with what the Lord does not like in our character. Number five, relationship will land us in heaven or in hell. Relationship will land us in heaven or in hell. Relationship with God will land us in heaven. With Jesus, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that relationship will land us in heaven. You refuse to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you go through this world and you die without Christ, you are going to go to a Christless eternity. That's hellfire. It has to do with the relationship. Not only that, it's not just our relationship with Jesus. That is a vertical one. There's also the horizontal one. Your relationship with men. Our relationship with other people. Hebrews 12, 14. Hebrews 12, 14. Strive to live in peace with everybody. And pursue that consecration and holiness. Without which no one will ever see the Lord. This is the, this is the real danger for the believer. This one is a real danger for the believer. Because most Christians are failing in this, in this one. We don't strive to have peace with people. We contend with people. We fight with people. We keep malice with people. I told you of the story of a man that was dying and everybody prayed for this man's healing. He didn't receive healing. The men of God prayed. Women of God prayed. Eventually, one man of God that went to pray there, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. He says, ask him. He has unforgiveness in him. It's not, I'm not the one taking him home. Do you people always say, oh, God took him home. God, he said, I'm, not take, I'm not the one taking him home. I'm, I'm, I thought I have nothing to do with his sickness. The Bible says, Satan has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I, the Lord, have come to give life and to give it more abundantly. I'm not the one responsible for this. Satan is the one responsible for this. And he's the one who is giving Satan foothold. Ask him, is, does he have somebody in his heart that he has not forgiven? So the man of God asked him. Ah, the Lord is ministering to me. I've been praying about you for you. The Lord said, is, is there somebody who has offended you that you have not? He said, yes. 
well, the Lord said, I said that you should forgive him that the enemy is trying to use the situation to, to, to that is why the prayers are being resisted. I said, I will never forgive him. I will never. He died. Some people's hearts are so hard. You will talk and talk and talk as pastor. I will cancel them. Talk, 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 talk. All my saliva will dry. After some, when it's getting to three, four, we have left church by one. When it's getting to three, four, I already, me and myself, my eyes are already closed. And I'm still still begging. Their hearts are so hard. People's hearts are so hard to forgive. Follow peace with all men. Strive. Apply your effort to it. Strive and pursue it. He said, pursue it. Don't wait for the person. You pursue it. You know, some people say, and I hear preachers also say this, but I disagree. They say that when somebody offends you, uh, there's a difference between um, saying that the, the person saying that he's sorry uh, and reconciliation. That, no, sorry, that's sorry. There's a difference between forgiveness and continuing the relationship. Now, I agree with that. And they say, they say there's a difference between forgiving forgiveness and continuing with the relationship. That was some that what many people do is that when they offend you, they somehow continue the relationship with you. They never ask for forgiveness, okay? But they just just continue, but they continue to smile and then try to cover it up and just, just continue the relationship with you. And you too just flow with it. But at no point in time did the person ever. Say that my brother, my sister, that thing I did to you, I was wrong. Please forgive me. They never did it. But however, the relationship continued because you two, you want peace. Now, those preachers said such a situation that even though the relationship has continued, the person who has not sought for forgiveness, that the person is, uh, is uh, of course, is, um, is unrepentant, which is true. It's unrepentant. But, and that the person... And if the person does not ask for that forgiveness, that you, you have no blame at all. You just continue that relationship with them since they have come to, you know, to continue it with you. And that's where I disagree. That's where I disagree. The Bible says, when you are coming to the altar to give your offering, and you remember that your brother has hurt against you, has something, you're not the one that has something against your brother. Your brother has something against you. He said, God said, drop your offering first. Don't, don't come to me with your offering. Go first and reconcile with your brother and then come and bring your offering. In other words, you, the, only, the innocent one, as a believer, you must have your forgiveness always in your pocket ready. Whether the person asks for it or does not ask for it, it's irrelevant. You, you forgive, number one, and then you will pursue peace with the person. Why? Because the person thinks that you are wrong. You know you are not wrong. You know you are innocent. You know the person is the one at fault. But because you are a believer, because you love God, you are the one that will pursue peace with that person. Whether the person now repents or does not repent, it does not matter. You have done your own part. But So as a believer, please don't wait until somebody says, I'm sorry, before you continue your relationship with them. You go ahead and continue your relationship with them. You go ahead and forgive them and then continue your relationship with them after you have forgiven them, regardless of whether or not they come to say sorry.
That is what God wants for us. Now, number, where are we now? Number five, and this is the most important. Number six. Number six, it's number six. This is the most important now. This is the last one. Relation, if you forget everything that I've told you, don't forget this one. This is the most important of all when it comes to relationship. Your relationship in dating, in courtship, in marriage, in friendship, this is the most important of it. Relationship gives us opportunity to love. Relationship gives us opportunity to love, to love people. Only two things are going to abide forever. The word of God and people. Every other thing, they are going to disappear. The word of God and people, they are going to abide forever and ever and ever and ever. Either they are going to abide in heaven or some people are going to abide in hell. Everybody is going to live whether born again or not born again, everybody is going to live forever. The only thing is that some people will exist in hellfire and they will not die there. They are going to be born in every day. The Bible says that the fire there does not quench. It doesn't come to it. It doesn't die out. Okay? So they will be alive there, burning in agony every single day. And then there are those who will be in heaven who will reign with Jesus, who will come to the earth and reign for a thousand years and reign with Christ forever and forever. There will be a new heaven. There will be a new Jerusalem, a new earth. So, those are the two. What God's word and people are going to exist forever. Therefore, your relationship will give you opportunity to love both. That is why Jesus said in Matthew 22, 37 to 39, Matthew 22, 37 to 39, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So which means the primary goal of relationship is not what you want to get out of it. The primary goal of relationship is what you have to put into it. Our net, our self-worth is not in our net worth. It's not oh, what you have acquired or that you have accomplished. No, 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 no. Your Self-worth is going to be in what you have, the, the worth that you have generated in other people. For you to be able to be proud of yourself, you are somebody. You must be somebody who has so impacted about other people's lives positively. You have generated so much worth in other people that because of you, people are now so, they, 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 they worth so much more than they were, that they were worth before they knew you. Relationship the greatest thing you can do for yourself on planet earth is to invest in other people. Anytime you are in any relationship, whether it is friendship, dating, courtship, marriage, your primary goal before God, and the same thing applies to your relationship with God, with men, your primary goal is to make sure that you add value to their lives. Never to be self-focused. It must always be others-focused. What can make this person better? How can I make this fellow happy? How can I increase the value in this person? How can I make, how can, how can, what can I do to help this person out in this situation? How, how can, you are always constantly thinking of how to express the love of God, the love of Christ to somebody. That is the goal of relationship. 
But, but, but that is not how people see relationship. People see relationship as something, what they will get out of it. People, as we are self-focused in our relationship. It is what I will get out of it. When people are in dating relationship, courtship relationship, you see, some of them, it is with the sex that they will get out of it. Once they get the sex, they run. So some people, it's what they will get out of it. It's not, it's, it, it is not how they will add value to it. And that's not the goal of relationship. So my question to you this morning is this. Whatever relationship you are involved in, whether it is acquaintanceship, friendship, dating, courtship, marriage, is it self-focused or is it others-focused? You have to think about it. You have to think about it. Does your relationship with this person or that person, does it add value to their lives? Or does it depreciate them? When, you are, when they are with you, do they feel happy and want to stay on? Or do they really want to quickly leave quick, quick? Because staying with you is like toxic. They just want to quickly do whatever they need to do and get out of there. When people leave you, do they leave with joy? Or as soon as they leave you, they, they came to you in a high spirit. And by the time you are finished with them, they become dejected and just go away. Just dejected and just go away. Is that how it is with you? Or with us? How is your relation, how is our relationship with people? Do we edify people with what we say or do we defile them? This is another area for believers to watch out for this area. Because in your courtship, in your uh, dating, in your friendship, in marriage and all that, your communication with with the other person, does it defile them or does it edify them? Do you engage in sensual and sex talk or even conduct with them? Because by doing that, you are defiling them. You are not edifying them. You are drawing them closer. You are drawing them away from the Lord and not closer to the Lord. Your relationship is drawing people away from God and not closer to God. And God doesn't like that. Let me read one scripture. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 10. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 10. The Living Bible. Say, don't you know that those doing such things have no share in the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who live immoral lives, who are idol worshippers, adulterers, or homosexuals, will have no share in his kingdom. Neither will thieves or greedy people, drunkards, slanderers, or robbers. They have no share in the kingdom of God. If anybody has been fooling you that you know Jesus, you are born again, your name is written in the book of life, you are going to heaven. Meanwhile, you are fornicating. You say you are dating, you are dating somebody, both of you are sleeping together, but you are not married. Or you are committing adultery. Or your wife doesn't know, your husband doesn't know, but you are sleeping around. And meanwhile, you are, I am born again. Holy, holy, holy. Then you begin to cry. Lord God, almighty. Oh the baba you are going to sleep with is already waiting for you somewhere. You are, the Bible says you are fooling yourself. Fooling yourself. 
and maybe fooling the people in church, but you are not fooling God. You are not entering. You cannot even smell the door of heaven. You can't smell the door of heaven. So if you are listening to me, all young people, or even the adults that are listening to me, you are engaging in fornication, you are engaging in adultery, sexual immorality, you are a girl sleeping with a girl, say, oh, lesbianism, lesbianism, homosexual, gay, 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 gay pride, gay pride. You will just end in hellfire for nothing. Nothing. The Bible says, if you see the right, if somebody is unrighteous, and you don't want them, the Bible said they will die in that unrighteousness, but their blood I will require from your hand. I wash my hands of your blood. Your God cannot require your blood from my hands. I've warned you today. Stop the fornication, stop the adultery, stop the sexual immorality. If you are gay or you are lesbian and you need help, come to our church. We don't stand gays and lesbians. We will love you. Jesus loves you. We will put program in place. You will be delivered. Okay, we love you too. Jesus loves you. And we are not condemning you. But don't say that we should embrace it or you want to teach it to our children. God forbid, Tophia, God forbid, let's rest in our feet. Let's rest on our feet. If you are here today and you have, or you have been listening to me online and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are not born again. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except he's born of water and of the Spirit of God, he cannot enter into it. That is why God has made you to hear this message. Let's close our eyes. Is there anybody in the house who want to give your life to Jesus? Just wave your hand wherever you are and your name will be written in Lamb's Book of Life. Is there anybody here who wants to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior? You want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? This is your moment. Just wave that hand wherever you are. Wave that hand wherever you are. This born again thing is not a slogan. It's not just a slogan that we just say. No, Jesus is the, is the one who said it. Heaven is real. Hell is real. They are real. There is going to be a time where you will close your eyes in death. When that time comes, are you sure you will make heaven? Are you sure you are on your way to heaven? The Bible says to be absent from the body, it will be present with the Lord. Are you sure you will be present with the Lord when, if you die? If you are not sure, you are not sure, you can have the assurance of salvation today. You can be sure. Wave your hand wherever you are and your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Is there anybody in the house who wants to give his or her life to Jesus at this time? Wave that hand and let me see it. Or you have backslid and you want to slide back to Jesus. You are backsliding. You are not sure whether you are saved and you want to slide back to Jesus. Just wave that hand. Wave that hand. Anybody watching me online, if you are watching online and you want to give your life to Jesus, just rise up wherever you are. Let heaven see you. Let heaven acknowledge you. Is there somebody in the house? You want to give your life to Jesus. It is appointed unto man once to die and then judgment. The Bible says that this body will the flesh, the body will return to the dust from where it was taken and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Is there anybody who wants to give their life to Jesus? If there is no such person that want to pray, if you are here today and you know the word that you have heard today has ministered to you, maybe you are engaging in fornication, you are engaging in adultery, in sexual immorality, it's not only when you sleep with somebody. No, you can do it with your mouth, sensually, sensual talk. 
in your heart. You can fantasize in your heart. Masturbation, all these kind of things. All, they, are, they all come under sexual immorality. The way you talk, the sensual things you say, and then the, the committing the act itself. There is no sin that God cannot forgive. There is no sin that Jesus has not washed away with his blood. Today, you can be cleansed and your record in heaven, it will seem as if you never did it. Satan will be saying, oh, but, but he did it on so and so day. But she did it on so and so. God will say, show me. And it will not be there. It will, be, it will have been blotted out. Is there anybody like that today? If you are here, I won't tell you to come out. Just talk to God Almighty and say, Father, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for these things. Yes, I'm, I'm guilty of it. But I thank you, Lord Jesus. And I receive grace today. I receive, talk to the Almighty God to give you grace, to give you grace to be able to overcome this thing so that this thing will not overpower you. And if you need help, you can always get in touch with us and we will help you to go through this time. We will help you to overcome that, that addiction and that stronghold in your life. So talk to God Tune in again tomorrow for Pastor Aladipo's Sunday Sermon right here on Hotline to Heaven Radio. Great outpouring of grace.